Good morning. It is Not Every Business Podcast, a podcast where we talk about anything but your business and ask questions. That's none of your business. Thank you for joining me today. Now let the show begin. Hey guys, and real quick before we dive into today's episode, I just wanted to talk about my friend Michael Chauncey's program. It is the Create Fit Tribe. And really what it is, it's just a online mastermind for fitness individuals who maybe are just beginning their fitness journey with the New Year's resolution or somebody who wants to compete. You're going to have you know, your own unique nutrition and workout plan designed specifically for you. But you're also going to have this community of like-minded individuals to get motivation and support, questions, love. It's going to be like a family, guys. So check out the show notes. Find our Instagram at Facebook, Michael Chauncey. Instagram, Tyler Michael Chauncey. I love you and enjoy the episode. Three, and we're going. So, who are you? What do you do? Hi there. My name is April Yanko. I am an actor and a writer, and I live in Los Angeles, California. And uh, I'm new here, but getting accustomed to all of the stuff. The traffic really isn't as bad as everyone says it is, but maybe I'm just an optimist, so. <laughs> so where are you from? Well, I'm from, I, I say if, um, so if you're from Pennsylvania, I say I'm from Johnstown, which okay. is the truest answer, the land of floods and John Murtha. And if you are not from Pennsylvania, I am from Pittsburgh, the okay. land of potholes. Um, <laughs> and um, I lived in Pittsburgh with my boyfriend. For, well, I went to uh, college there. Okay. And then I, um, I went to a supplemental uh, program thing, moved back. That, that was just a, um, like a semester-long intensive. Then I moved back to Pittsburgh for, I want to say, about three years or so. And um, maybe two, maybe, eh, you know time and then um i turned 26 i was off my mom's insurance my boyfriend said this would be a good time for us to actually move to the hub of this entertainment world and that happened earlier in the year so here we are (laughs) oh congratulations thank you it was it was um well we we drove here and um, apparently that a lot of people don't drive. They choose to ship and then um, literally ship themselves via airplane. And um, I actually really had a nice time doing the cross-country road trip. Mm-hmm. It was, um, I have a cat. He is very snuggly in a car. I don't know why exactly, but he's a good boy. <laughs> okay. And so whoever was driving, uh, whoever wasn't driving, I guess, was the person who he would be like taking a very spread out nap on. And it was very, it was very nice. It was like four days of cuddle time. (laughs) So, yes. (laughs) Awesome. Right on. Cool. So you're an actor and a writer. Let's talk more about that. Yes. Any, Any specifics on... Well, yeah, okay. So why did you get into it? Like, why? How long have you been doing it for? So, um, you know, something that, like, I I always say what really made me interested in acting was when I, and and like, this is a thing a lot of people, I'm sure, um, became interested in movies with, was in Disney films. And um, so I, (laughs) I have two, like, favorite movies. I love, love, love The Wizard of Oz, and I love, love, love The Little Mermaid. Um, I could talk for hours on why The Little Mermaid is the most important Disney movie ever made. But um, Okay, cool. Let's talk about that. 
it's it's about the um the like when Walt Disney died, like the brief version when Walt Disney died, and the uh, profit profitability of animated movies, and how that wasn't really going so well for the Disney company anymore, and it was possible that they were just going to keep making live action films, and they were getting a little bit better, a little bit better as um, time went on. They were competing with Steven Spielberg and um, his company, but then um, The Little Mermaid was this explosion where um, that is the beginning of the Disney Renaissance, and it oh. created this, um, I mean, it, it's the first princess movie made since um, Sleeping Beauty, 1959. That was 30 years later than in 1989. Wow. It just had its 30th anniversary, <laughs> The Little Mermaid, and um, it is it, it just, um, and it has like such amazing music with such well-respected uh, composers and it just completely changed what Disney was about. It started um, like, and then next comes Beauty and the Beast, the first animated movie to be nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards. Um, it's just like that whole time from The Little Mermaid to Tarzan 1999 is the Disney Renaissance and it is just like a complete 180 for the Disney company. And it started with The Little Mermaid and that's why I think that is the most important one. But again, that's like, <laughs> that's a brief version, but- You um, weren't so joking. Okay, well, I had no I idea love, about that. I, <laughs> so. I really love Disney movies. Like I know people are like, I love Disney movies, but it's like, I really do. <laughs> but um, in The Little Mermaid, Jodie Benson, Liz Ariel, and I always say that she she's my favorite voice actor. I absolutely love her voice. Her, she's such a sweet person, and I'm acting like I know her, but <laughs> um, but I just I was very inspired by her and by animation and by um, just like as you get more and more into animated things, you realize how much time and how many people and how much how much um you're looking at on the screen with the 24 frames per second of footage being 24 small pictures for one second of what you're watching and how i i mean like of course computers and technology have begun to change what we see but especially if you're watching older movies you know everybody's painting all of those people are taking a lot of time to make that and it's incredible and so I started being interested in that stuff when I was young but um, I never really um, started to really focus on it or really allow myself I guess to do it until I was in high school which means I was 14 and that's because we had a drama club and then we also had a um, a musical each year. And so mm -hmm. then I actually got to try stuff. But of course, <laughs> and this, I, um, I have a, an acting coach or, or like a business coach, but I was just saying to her how I feel like I'm too old and I felt like that since I was 14 because, you know, you see people who are, getting um they're finding their successes at that age and i was in pennsylvania just trying to get better and it felt like i've missed my chance and so it's very frustrating a lot of the time to kind of feel like i'm constantly like like oh no i missed the chance to blank i missed the chance to do that thing like it's very the the, the industry with how it kind of um makes women feel um like they're not worthwhile if they're over a certain age yeah for <laughs> sure i can yeah. understand how women f how anyone can feel like that but yeah like wasn't oprah like basically broke until she was 40 you know it's like i do really enjoy stories that are in that vein of like this person had not found whatever success we know them for. I, I just was listening to um, Conan's podcast with Ellen, um, and Ellen was talking about how she didn't, she, like the amount of time worked before she um, started to find more success. And just, um, 
um, people like Jane Lynch or um, let's see, <laughs> there's Leslie Jones on SNL and she just recently left SNL, but she was the oldest cast member to ever be on there. And um, it's, it's just, it's, it's nice to see um, even like uh, I watched the Emmys this year and Patricia Arquette had a, a little a moment of her speech. She did say that like at her age, she's very fortunate to be getting the best role she's ever had. And that's something I hope I can also look forward to and not feel like, you know, if you don't have blank by whatever age, that means that's, that's the peak and it's only going to go down from there. <laughs> yeah. That's not much to look forward to. So I have to believe that that's not true. Exactly. If like you believe it, then it's true. Then that's your reality. If you're going to believe <laughs> that you can change the script, then that's what it's going to be. You have to envision what you want. Envision your, envision your truth. Mm -hmm, exactly. And I know a lot of, um, I mean, everyone's like, you know, the scene is changing. And it's like, yes, it is changing. Um, maybe when you, um, <laughs> when you examine it, are the people who are playing older roles, um, pardon me, are they exactly um, unknown names? You know, like a lot of the new talent are people who are, who are younger. And like, I look younger than I am, but you know, it's it, that's why I say it's like a race sort of a feel. It's like a race against all aging, and I don't know. It's it's just it's very um it's a lot to worry about, and so it doesn't really do good to worry about. But it's sometimes you know it just pops up because you can't always quiet everything down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I totally understand that. Um. So how do you go and be an actor? Um. Well, what are some personal struggles that you deal with when acting? Um, when, like, well, you know, I something I feel like I um, was able to move past was um, not liking auditioning. That's the one thing that people really seem to, because, um, <laughs> you know, that's like very specifically the judging time. And it was something that I didn't enjoy until I said, you know what, this is like going to be a good portion of my future. So I'm going to have to like it. And, you know, it's, um, it's like about reframing the kind of inner dialogue about going in there. Um, I guess things that I still struggle with now, um, I'm not the best at memorizing and I have ways that I memorize and I'm, it, you know, it's fine to, um, do it but then I get in my head about it I'm like oh wait is it that exact order that I just said that sort of thing um but um I guess more <laughs> other like things that you kind of have to um you're like it's always a journey trying to um work with yourself on is feeling like your um your purpose or your um your desires are worthwhile to be met by other people <laughs> um, because yes, like there are more people here acting than there were in Pittsburgh acting in Pittsburgh. I worked with a lot of different people. Um, a lot of the same people too, like coming back for more. I did mm -hmm. a lot of projects there and um, I try to remember different things that I've done um, from the Pittsburgh, when I was located in Pittsburgh, were not only things from that location. I was hired on projects in different parts of the country. And I try to remind myself of those kind of positives of like, you know, it's not like I have, it's not like I'm coming into this idea with no credentials with not a clue how to do anything like I do have street smarts and I do have um talent <laughs> for yeah. I mean I I know that I'm capable but you know sometimes you get in your head and think about how like but are you and I just have to always be like yes 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 you are <laughs> um 
hopefully that answers it. I, no, <laughs> no. A it, plethora it, of stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah, totally. I love it. Yeah. Uh, what kind of, like, what kind of stuff have you worked on professionally? Well, um, so professionally, it's, <laughs> I've done, um, well, the, my, my best credit, my proudest credit, I guess, was um, I got to get my first guest star role, which is, um, so like the smaller roles on television, maybe they say like one line, that's a co-star, a bigger, um, maybe, you know, like maybe a cashier that has witty banter with the, um, <laughs> with the main character, for example, that would be a guest star. And um, so you want to get more guest stars on your, uh, on your resume, because that just it has a good impressive look. And I got my first guest star role on a show that filmed in Texas. I got to fly there. It was called uh, Murder Made Me Famous. And um, it's odd because like the show has, it, it profiles different serial killers but because it's like a single episode deal, um, a coach and I decided to bill it as a guest star, even though like it is sort of like the leading role of that episode. Um, but still, it, it was um, like I got to play, um, her name is Carla, Carla Hamolka. She is a part of the Ken and Barbie killers who are the only evil Canadians that you might know of. <laughs> and um, she is a... Um, she's still alive, and there's a bunch of stuff that they did that um, is bad, but it was um, it was just very, very fun and very gratifying, and I worked with a lot of um, very organized people, because um, mm -hmm. usually sets are very slow, and um, which it, it because people are setting up, and people are um, making last-minute decisions, and lights change and you I, you know things things happen but this was it was very quick and um it happened over three or four days and it was just very um it was just so fun I had this cool like 90s look and 90s hair and it just felt really like I was like very much in this cool mindset that just felt so I like I felt very much like I was in the right place at the right time and I just, and, and I had found the role through communicating with, um, with someone who had gone to that supplemental school that I said I went to, um, and through auditioning for his, not getting it, but being kept around for a perhaps bigger project. And that was this. And it just, it just felt so good to feel like my, um, like hard work did in fact yeah, pay totally. off. It was, oh, it was great. It was That's super cool. It was just like one of the coolest things. And like, I've done a lot of films where I haven't been treated particularly, uh, <laughs> particularly well with kindness or respect or, you know, like that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's, it, it sometimes feels like those outnumber the um, good experiences <laughs> yeah. and but I just I I like that I can take this from the memory bank and be like you know that was that was this moment where it really felt like wow I'm like living in the present wow I really enjoy the people I'm around wow I feel like I'm doing a good job I don't feel like I'm confused if these people are happy with my my work they're they're giving me good feedback. I'm feeling like we're having a good rapport, all that good stuff. And yeah, it just was a great time. And I guess I've, I've done other professional things, but that, that is my, that has been the best. That's awesome. <laughs> so far. Cool. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's way, that's way cool. So do you know, obviously you probably do know who it is. Sophia Bush, I believe mm -hmm. the actor from one tree hill. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't know. We don't know each other personally. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. But uh, she, um, I was listening to an interview that she did on the School of Greatness podcast by Lewis House. Ah, oh, yeah. Those things. Those things are cool. They're very informative. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, what, what specifically about her? She, uh, on when she was on her podcast, or his podcast, she was talking about how she, like, she didn't say what show, 
but for I don't know, like nine seasons, she was just treated basically like dog shit. Mm-hmm. And like the harassment, and she finally just had to quit the show. So, really, it kind of surprises me that like a star like her mm-hmm. still gets treated like, well, didn't still, but got treated like dog shit. Yeah, I mean, people, people are. <laughs> like like it's it's interesting because when you audition people talk about how you know it's not like like the amount of your talent is essentially very small when it comes down to decision making um there's the idea that you know who you know of course and who um people who are making decisions want and they, so it could be like oh people who are making decisions know your dad or maybe people who are making decisions think you look like their ex-wife like you know there's there's things that you just can't control in that department but there's also the idea that people are going to be working with you for a long time and um in theory a long time because you want your show to stay on for a while or if it's a film you know months perhaps and they want to see that your personality is going to be uh, a good fit for them mm-hmm. um and so it's it's just it's curious because i i don't know it's like that's such an emphasis put on um put on me that i i'm very aware that um you know when you're auditioning you're not just auditioning your um you're not just auditioning the text that you learned mm-hmm. the character whatever you are auditioning yourself to be a person that seems like they're enjoyable to be around yeah. for extended periods of time and it's it's just like it's very confusing to me that there are people that have jobs that are perhaps have many jobs like they've been working for a while that have not adapted that mentality of like you know there's oftentimes really long days really long work days oftentimes yeah i mean you're going to be seeing people they say like more than your family all that stuff and it's like you might as well be pleasant <laughs> and be kind to people rather than make going to work a thing to be dreaded and i mean especially when you know like oh wow i'm on a show i'm the lead on a show for example and i'm I want this to keep going well, but I have to hate my life whenever we're filming. Like that's terrible. It's like, there's, there's just always more, um, like, unfortunately things don't necessarily get easier. The higher up you climb in your career, which is an unfortunate truth, but I like to hope that, you know, as I move forward in my career, I will find, I, I will have, like like now, planting seeds of um, relationships with people. Hopefully, I'll see positive things grow from those. And I'll have bonds with people who I've been meeting and have met years ago. And hopefully, the shitty people, I guess, <laughs> will have been weeded away. <laughs> hopefully. Wow. I don't know if that's... like. All if that ever could possibly happen completely, but you know, I hope people and seems like people are getting wiser to people who try to abuse power. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, <clears throat> just from my own experience, mm-hmm. starting a podcast, yeah, and just interviewing people, like I'm talking to people that have no business talking to, like I'm not, like. Back in 2018, I overdosed from heroin and woke up in the ICU, and I was homeless in Las Vegas for five months. Wow. Like, and now I'm talking to, I just got done interviewing uh, somebody who uh, played pro hockey for like 20 years. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I, the YouTuber Evan Carmichael, I interviewed him um, a couple months ago. TED Talk speaking, just people that normally like a junkie shouldn't be talking to. So. Well. If that gives you hope. Yeah. Like. It's, it's, I mean, it's nice to think that, like, truly wherever you, like, wherever you are, there can be changes implemented and you can see um, positive, positive uh, future outlook 
instead of this is the hole I'm always going to be in forever. And I mean, that should be, make people feel like that's possible for them, especially mm-hmm. with your story. Yeah. So those are some struggles I deal with and have dealt with. Do you have any personal struggles you want to share? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, thank you. No struggles. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, um, I'm a very anxious person. I, um, I have anxiety that I very recently was actually diagnosed with. Um, I hadn't been before because when I first started showing, um, I guess, signs of that, it was very much to my mom, like, I'm doing something wrong as a parent. So I'm just going to say, no, we can't. Like, I I felt like she felt like Mm -hmm. me going to a therapist or something would equal her failure. And that I, I don't know if that would have happened if I was growing up now, but it did happen like that. And so I never was really able to get um, the sort of treatments or just, you know, just talk to somebody really about that. My parents weren't very, um, like, um, I always describe it as like, you know, um, a full house moment, like at the end of a full house episode, you see Danny sit on the bed with DJ or something. And they have like that lesson, that chat, that whatever, and they hug and that, that I never had that. I've never had like advice from a parent. I've never had that sort of, um, open um like we all make mistakes kind of thing so it's been a lot of i I can relate yeah it's like it i i think that is another reason why i didn't necessarily get into acting sooner it was like you know i am supposed to be like quiet girl i'm supposed to be like person that doesn't necessarily have a bunch of like opinions and interests and like i mean I'm sure if they were listening, they'd say like, well, that's like, so not true, but it's like, that was sort of the environment. They are divorced, but um, I saw both of them a ton and both kind of had that sort of, we keep those things inside. Yeah, no, I, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I I totally can relate. Yeah. And so um, it's, it's something that, so like having panic attacks having um just like I don't I don't necessarily feel like I have that like inner voice in my head that's like everyone hates you but rather it's more like I think in this um when when I am feeling nervous about things I'll think okay well logically maybe this person's feeling like I'm bothering them because of where I am in my career, they'd rather be talking to someone else. This is like at a networking event, for example, okay. or I, um, I, I can't hear, I keep having to say what to somebody and making them repeat themselves. I'm being annoying, you know, like things that I know could um, become irritating to other people. I feel like I end up starting to really overanalyze what, how I'm coming off to somebody else. And it's, um, it's something that that's something I'm really trying to move past work around. But I also realized that, Ooh, pardon me. (laughs) I realized that when you have like so many different mental things are things that you have to sort of say, like, I'm okay with this and I have to just work with it and not try to take it away or, um, feel like there's something wrong with me because when I was younger I was like a little not like this is so different from now but I'm very easily um brought to tears like so easily it's uh (laughs) sometimes annoying but you know um and so my mom would always tell me that I was too sensitive and Mm -hmm. she would yell at me I'm being too sensitive and I you know I like that I that's something I'm like you know what I like that about me I like that I'm sensitive and I don't want to change. I don't want to be less sensitive. I think that that helps me connect with people in a way that is more authentic to whomever I'm speaking with. Um, and yeah. I, yeah, so it's just, um, it's, it's something that I think it, it's good to be friends with your anxiety, even if that 
friendship gets out of control, it is still, I, I still am happy and I guess proud, I suppose, of myself for accepting the friend <laughs> instead of trying to remove the friend from my life and just hating that I can't get it to happen. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, something that really caught my attention when you're talking about that, and I want to acknowledge you and thank you for sharing that with me. Oh, yeah. Uh, first off, but you always repeat yourself when, or you always have to ask someone to repeat themselves. Do, do I have to do that? Yeah. Oh, like, you know, when you're in, I, I always say, like, especially here, because I've been going to a lot of networking schmoozy events, trying to, you know, meet people and whatever. And they're always in places that are playing such loud music. And I don't understand why. <laughs> like, because, you know, if you're trying to talk to someone, make a connection, it's nice when it, you know, just you can hear people and you yeah. aren't screaming and it's not like, oh, wow, I'm meeting people and I'm also at a rave. <laughs> it's, <laughs> not, it's, it's just pleasant when you can hear someone. And, but um, I have a hard time hearing in those situations. And sometimes I'm like, am I also a little bit deaf? I know I'm a little dyslexic. Here's maybe another fun thing to know about me. You know, that's something I haven't, formally been uh, told but I just have a really hard time hearing people sometimes and especially when it's in a loud environment and it's frustrating to feel like I am like I want to talk to somebody how um how much of that like what I'm sorry can you just say that again like how how many times over are we going to keep running the same few sentences and um yeah. You know, it, it's something that um, I, I've i seen a lot of memes about it. I know this isn't just me. So um, I think that it's it's certainly, like, I'm sure people who are listening to this have at least sometime in their life have not been able to hear. And I'm like, oh, yeah, uh-huh, because like, they don't want to admit that they can't. Well, the <laughs> but, reason why I, I brought that up is mm -hmm. because that happens to me all the time. Yeah, see, it people, it, it's it's very frustrating. Um, I know <laughs> maybe it's my um, embracing of using Q-tips, and I've been damaging my ears for a long time. <laughs> I don't know, but I I definitely have a hard time hearing now. You know, perhaps perhaps this is how I find that my mom has not taken me to the uh, doctor enough as a child, but. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> not anxiety um didn't get diagnosed with anxiety until like very recently because i took myself but also maybe i need to take myself to somebody that can tell me if i can actually hear <laughs> but yeah from a very young age also i remember getting um i remember getting like made fun of by people who thought we were friends because um they would be like we'd be like playing things at a recess environment so like outside sound gets lost perhaps easily and i would have a really hard time following and keeping up and hearing and i yeah so maybe this is the this is what i'll look back on when i realize when when in a week i'll take myself to the doctor i'm getting inspired to go to the doctor <laughs> and i'll learn that I do, in fact, have the beginning, uh, beginning signs of hearing loss. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> well, I've gone to the doctor. I've gone. I've gotten my hearing tested like three times, three di mm -hmm. three different doctors, and like your hearing is yeah. fine. I'm like, how? You gave me a hearing test, and I couldn't hear anything. Oh uh, yeah. Like I, I know I can't hear. I constantly have to repeat people or ha ask people to repeat themselves. Like what? Mm -hmm. Something is wrong here, and they're like. No, you're fine. So <laughs> I they told me I probably have a brain tumor and then just left the oh, office. I'm like, oh, awesome. That, you know, it would be, I, I, I sometimes like, I, I always wish that I had like a lot of money that I could devote to like medical tests. <laughs> like I just have a, I had a friend that just had her appendix taken out and you know, you get like, pain sometimes and it's like is this it is this the appendix bursting yeah <laughs> and I I um 
would love to just like, hey, let's let's just get that removed. You know, let's just take it away. I won't have to think it's a possibility anymore. The gallbladder too. I got my tonsils done, so that's great. And like, you know, while we're at it, let's like take, I don't know, any um <laughs> just get like a knee replacement while we're at it like <laughs> let's just completely fix every possible problem I might have in the future now while I'm younger and can bounce back easier <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah <laughs> but you know you're perfect just the way you are well thank you but I guess <laughs> if if um I had the ability to like, oh yeah, let's like, let's do an MRI. Like my boyfriend and I have been watching a lot of house. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, these, these things that seem like nothing are like, oh God, they became a big thing. And so, I don't know, but that's okay. Maybe if I'm not watching house, I'm not feeling scared. So, Hey, what you watch can have a big effect on you. (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, the type of music that I listen to, the shows that I listen to, whatever's coming in, mm-hmm. I didn't realize how much it could affect how I react to oh, life. Oh, yes. Yeah. It, it can, like, totally, like, because it's, you know, you're thinking about it, so then it's something you're considering more, and it's why, like, TV and film and everything, every entertainment thing is so influential, and it's kind of cool. It's something we all bond over, even if we don't all watch and listen and whatever to the same things. Mm-hmm. so with your anxiety like how did you overcome um or deal with like going out and acting like yeah um how well, did you how <laughs> i feel like a lot of um like when i accepted that you know like you know you oh auditions are just like you're getting judged the whole time and it's scary oh no i think like you know Um, Because I know that, like, what I'm doing isn't necessarily, like, like, I can feel confident, confident about what I'm doing, but I also can say, hey, there's so much that's out of my hands. Eh, Okay, cool. It's like, it's comforting to feel like, um, and like, perhaps this is just a good way to say like, oh, hey, I'm being like, ignorant to something, and it's making it better for my mental health. But like, because I don't know why I don't get something. I can just say like, hey, this is, there was somebody that they liked more because mm-hmm. maybe they they looked different than me. Like, I can't change that. They had, they didn't have blonde hair. They wanted a brunette. Okay, whatever. They wanted someone who was bilingual. Okay, you know, that's stuff. That's not like a personal attack on who I am. And it makes it easier to kind of like change that narrative and yeah, feel sure. like there's something to not like be ashamed about and um and also then I like I I enjoy who I am I know that like there are things that I worry about other people not enjoying and does that really mean I don't enjoy who I am I don't think so I just feel like I'm paranoid a lot of the time which as we just discussed with all of my fun medical worries um (laughs) seems to be accurate but um I feel like like, I know that I can, I can have a conversation with, like, anyone. I mm-hmm. feel pretty, if, if somebody wants to, I guess, I can't make somebody. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I feel good about um, being able to connect with people. Yeah. I feel good about being able to, like, make people laugh and have a, like, let their guard down. And a lot of people that I meet, aren't like, some people who, um, you know, I don't necessarily speak to, but on um, the internet, on Instagram, they'll see things that I share and they'll like start talking to me. And I like, like people will share things with me that maybe you don't necessarily um, always feel comfortable telling just anybody. Like I, I know that I am decent at having relationships with other people. And I know that I am like I, I feel like I'm worthwhile to mm-hmm. be around because I feel like I can be a nice asset to a set, whether it's for the performance or whether it's to just keep people like having a nice time and feeling mm-hmm. like they can like dick around with me because I can 
be dicked around with. Yeah. Um, but like, so those things I go in saying like, I know that I have a lot of good things to offer people. I know that I like, like regardless of where I am in my career and like, yes, I'm not like somebody that everybody knows the name of. I'm, you know, not yet, whatever, but that doesn't mean that I'm not somebody that these people, like this collection of whoever I'm speaking to, doesn't mean that like, they also don't give a shit. They can care. They can say, hey, she seems fun. And again, you know, if like politics of the um, production come in and it's like, I want to hire my niece and not April, it's like, okay, well, hey, it was the niece. It wasn't my ability to be fun or whatever the hell. (laughs) That's a good perspective. I like it. It's, It's like, it's something that I've had to like, work on but like I I had a when I was in my first school um my first college I had a really bad audition where like I felt like it was going really poorly as it was going on and what made it feel really bad especially was after everybody pretty much got a call back to this thing except me and like two students that I didn't think were particularly great and so I just I felt so like oh my god like this is terrible I feel so stupid I feel horrible and like I am the worst person you know all that shitty stuff and it was like all of a sudden while I was very upset I just had something click that was like you know what I don't want to feel like this and I like very, very like creepily, I just kind of like stopped crying. I was just like, (laughs) and it was like this weird epiphany that I said, you know, I don't want to feel like I'm at odds with myself. I don't want to feel like I have a mental fight after something like, oh, if you only did this way, they would have loved it. You know, that sort of stuff. It's just, it's such a pain in the ass to feel like you're always, um, like you always could have been better or something like that. It's, it's just so unfair to me if I always was thinking that way. And, mm-hmm. you know, and that can adapt to any type of like, I mean, I don't know how often people are going to job interviews, <laughs> but you know, like anytime you interact with people, it's, it's helpful to say to yourself, like where somebody's in a position of power and you're trying to get something, you know, it's helpful to remember that there are like external factors, outside forces that are coming into play and you don't always have to feel like everything is, everything is your fault. (laughs) And now of course, like, yes, like I should take my own advice for all the things that make me nervous, but little steps <laughs> for sure <We're>, yeah. <laughs> nobody's perfect so. oh gosh of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay so you're talking about your instagram and the past <laughs> like week or whatever that i've been following you i love it why thank you <laughs> your videos are absolutely hilarious and anybody <laughs> should follow her right now who's listening my name's post march um yeah, there's a dot for the Instagram version, but if you type post-March, it's gonna, you'll see it. It'll come up, whether it's on that or Twitter, or YouTube or TikTok or whatever. Yeah. It's there. <laughs> Those are hilarious. Oh my gosh. Thank the you. <laughs> one you're making like a protein shake and you put a spoon in the blender. <laughs> for iron. You. Yeah, I, I, I just rolled over and laughed. I was like, oh my gosh, this is... Well, thank you. I, you know, it's, it's weird because I, I haven't been cast in as many, like, humorous things. And um, I think it's just because not as many comedy projects were being made in Pittsburgh. And so I just have a ton of footage of, like, I'm being a moody daughter or a like prostitute or a girl with a tragic past or person screaming in a horror thing. Like, you know, I have a lot of like more serious nature things. And um, like, while I know I can do that well, I, I, I thought like, like when I was first starting 
and Instagram and like, cause I was like, Oh, I have to do this. That's a thing that you have to do as an actor. Like, you know, people talk about like, Oh, maybe you should stop social media for mental health. But it's like, if you work in entertainment, it's like, you need to have these things because that's how people like legitimize you. They look and see what you do on there to decide things on whether or not they want to pull you in so or you can communicate with people through that through Mm -hmm. those channels that you wouldn't have met otherwise um but so I thought what was like you know people say like what kind of content do you want to look at and maybe that's what you should do and I thought like well I think just taking a bunch of selfies and just sharing selfie after selfie is kind of boring (laughs) or here's a ton of pictures of me looking really great (laughs) I think I don't know it's just that's that's not the kind of thing that I really give a shit to look at and spend time looking at and I thought like well what do I like I like to like laugh at things I like silly little video things that I can enjoy and feel good about spending that time having watched (laughs) so that's why that's when I started sharing like memes in my story every day because I was like I like looking at these and I know because of the messages I receive afterwards I know other people like looking at them too (laughs) memes are amazing (laughs) oh thanks I mean I guess I unfortunately I don't make all of those but I have I have a lot of things saved in my phone yes well every (laughs) time like sometimes i'm like afraid to open up your story what am i gonna get into now well (laughs) i i try to not do things that are too risque i guess um (laughs) nothing too crazy but um i i mean you know i think it's fun also because i'm this like chipper blonde girl that is like oh you're so like bubbly and fun yeah and I like kind of like having that surprise of like I can tell a good dick joke I can be like you know strange and like a little confusing and like I don't know it's like I've always enjoyed that kind of maybe the word is power I've enjoyed that power of kind of being able to change the narrative around me and yeah, and so that's why, like, I, I said kind of recently, I was like, you know, I've, I've been making, like, if you scroll all the way down and shit like that, you can see some older um, silly videos that I made when I was in Pittsburgh, and, but we were not necessarily moving at a um, kind of consistent pace. It wasn't necessarily like we were trying to plan things out a lot ahead of time and like let's just batch a lot of this and get a lot done so they're a little less frequent now I'm trying to say okay I'm going to try to share like just just more times in a week than once (laughs) or twice in a month you know like I'm trying to take it seriously because even though I know that, you know, there's a big eye roll at the idea of people gaining popularity or momentum at all from using the internet, I know that it's, it's doable and it's certainly not like the easy route <laughs> mm-hmm. because you still have to, and I still do, um, I have like different Instagram techniques, um, different ways to reach out to people and try to grow the audience um you know it's there's there's a lot of stuff that goes into trying to get people interested in what you're doing and I mean I even like this might sound kind of strange but I will I have an app that I go into and it tells me who has not interacted with my account in x amount of time and I will make them unfollow me because I want to have a, an engaged audience. Yeah, for sure. If that means I don't have like a super high number of followers, that's, you know, it's, it's more important to me that I'm getting people commenting on what I'm doing. And yeah. Yeah. And so like, if you're interested, you just kind of, if you find somebody that 
isn't actually engaging with your content and hasn't for like let's say a year they're just a ghost follower and you go to their profile you block them and unblock them and that will make them unfollow you automatically and it's like it's a way to kind of curate who is on your list and it makes a better algorithm in exchange for you because if you have um I was listening to a different episode of yours where you were kind of touching on this, but if you have a shit ton of followers, but you can see the engagement with each thing is not, um, it, it doesn't, um, the ratio doesn't yeah, really make yeah. sense. It's not, it, it doesn't say to people, oh, wow, they're just, you know, they're just having a rough day. <laughs> it shows that those people are not sincere followers. It shows that you like are cheating your way to the top if you even can call it the top. And yeah. I think that that is not, that's just, it's not the way to go about it. I want, I say that I want my, um, like any executive, any decision maker in the industry, um, I like, if they like an idea that I have, if I'm able at some point, which I will, I'm sure, but like, if I can pitch ideas, pitch a TV show I really want to create, um, if I'm like on the, on the end of the creation side, there are things that happen where people want an idea, but they don't want you. And that can be just because of your credentials or lack of experience, whatever. And I know that like, and this sounds maybe a little weird to people, but it's not false. If you have something uh, for uh, for example some sort of a following whether it's really like huge or if it's like you know engaged whatever size that is that can show that you are trustworthy and that people give a shit about what you're doing and it's like it's funny to say but it's like having having a collection of people on Instagram which is just what I've been focused on because I just know a decent amount about Instagram, but on Facebook, on YouTube, on whatever, having a following, and again, not like hundreds of thousands, but just like a good amount, whatever that really defines as, an engaged amount of people, that can really set you apart. And it's not impossible. And it's not these crazy astronomical numbers that you need to try to set out to achieve. Mm -hmm. And I think that like, it's, it's actually a good use of time, even though it's just like, Hey, I'm spending a lot of time on social media. It's, it's like you're working and you're setting yourself up for a future positive um, career. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, when I first started my podcast, I would have my uh, analytics access on my phone. Mm -hmm. and I would just stare at the numbers. I'd be in my office for hours just staring at the numbers, and, like, it, I would get so obsessed about it. Yeah. I yeah. had to stop, and now it's, like, only on my computer, and I, mm -hmm. like, I had to do that because I would just be like, oh, did 10 people listen to it? 20? What? What? Oh, it went down? I was going insane, and, like, mentally, like, I was getting, excuse me. I was starting to do it for the wrong reasons. Like, I don't care if a hundred people listen to an episode or whatever, I, if one person listens to it and gets something out of it, that's what I'm waiting. That's, that's what I, I want. It's, it's very difficult to not be like into vanity metrics, I guess is what we call them. Um, and it's like, you know, so many people who are ahead of where I am that specifically try to, teach people how to use these platforms they say like you know if you do these things regardless of your views regardless of your likes whatever you will see change you'll see people will come and you have to just kind of trust that what you're doing is going to bring about something good and it's you know like it, it, it's frustrating sometimes. I know that Instagram is about to remove um, likes on their posts. Um, so that will be perhaps something that will benefit us. Like we'll be able to see our own, but other people won't be able to see ours and we won't be able to see other people's. 
So in theory, that's going to make us a little more free to share whatever the hell we want and not be worried about how people are going to, you know, react to it because they won't technically be able to see. Um, so, you know, it's, it's like, and, and, and that like, that gets me sometimes because I'm like, oh, no, I know that if I like this sort of thing typically doesn't really do well, but I like this thing. Like, you know, it's, it's hard to kind of say, I want to do this based on what I want to do. And I know someone's going to care, just not as many people. It's a little like weird to feel that way. But um, like I said, it's all about the like engagement. It's about the comments. It's about your, like your podcast reviews. It's about getting that random DM from someone that's like, Hey, I listened to this episode and I was like, this really said something to me. And this really like had something click like, and that, yeah, yeah, that's something that makes what you're doing say, Oh my gosh, that's actually like, I'm on the right track and not yeah. doing this for nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get more DMS or like comment or emails like, Hey, thank you for your episode, blah, blah. Nobody rates and reviews my podcast but that's okay like reviews are frustrating it's it's frustrating because like you know for example sometimes i will um get a dm about something that i did and i will say like oh you know like as opposed to a comment and it's like yes the public comment is something that an algorithm will say oh hey this is a comment like you know that's a that's a thing that gives your post more legitimacy yeah but i do know also that when it comes down to it. I just appreciate that I have a bunch of random people that can get some enjoyment out of the random, very random stuff that I do. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it's, it's gratifying to feel like, even though a bunch of these people I've never met, and I'm sure a bunch of the people that you hear from, you've never met, um, it's cool to feel like what your purpose is is taking some sort of effect it's mm -hmm. um it's landing we'll say and um it's it's it feels funny it's like oh yes yeah, my purpose of making stupid crap for people to laugh at like <laughs> but it's also like that is something that i like i get these things of people telling me that they look forward to when i share something or yeah. And that, and that just, you know, just feels cool. It feels nice to feel like people give a damn about the things that you give a damn about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Totally. Get that. That's a good perspective. So I got a couple last questions for you. Okay. Well, you already kind of answered one. Oh, yeah. What's your social? <laughs> um, so, like I said, Instagram is where I do the most Focus that would be at post dot March, but if you type in post March, it'll come up. I just need to steal it from this person after a certain number of days they're inactive. I can take it from them, <laughs> but not yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, so post March is on like all of the things. Sometimes there's an underscore like on Twitter, but if you type that, it will pop up. <laughs> okay. So yes, that's on. Let's see, YouTube. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Trying to really get out there. <laughs> right on. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Um, so if you were going to tell the younger version of yourself three things, Ooh. acting or not acting, mm -hmm. what would it be? Well, I guess like one thing I would definitely say is to um, start when that idea was there like when the desire started i should have started mm -hmm. so start i don't want to just like start earlier because that doesn't sound very good um <laughs> start like you know when i liked when I, I i used to like write way more things when i was a child that i felt were really crummy afterwards and i would like take them out of little notebooks and throw them away mm -hmm. and i wish that you know i didn't feel that way about mm -hmm. that stuff so yeah. i wish that i could go back and just kind of say like you know keep keep doing that thing and keep practicing it it's okay to not like everything that you do 
Um, a second thing. Ooh, okay. Um, go. Hmm. This is. <laughs> um. Uh, let's see. I would say to not be like this feels just so cliche to say, but like not be concerned about how I'm being received sooner as well. Um, perhaps that means that little epiphany story that I said I had after that really shitty audition, maybe that could have come about sooner, or maybe I could have made friends with the idea of all of the outside elements having effects that I can't control. Maybe I could have adapted that mindset sooner, but basically being kinder to myself, I suppose, and understanding the it's out of my hands and being fine with that at a younger age probably would have saved a lot of heartache. <laughs> and I guess, um, no, you know, th this maybe is a wonky-ish thing, but like when I was transferring schools, I felt very, um, like I was not supported by my parents. They were not happy that I was doing that. They felt like all colleges were the same. And like, if I didn't like the one, there was no way I would like any. And I want to, like, if I could, I would be like, you're making the right decision. <laughs> and I, it's like, I know that now, but like, I was so scared going into Point Park, moving forward in that way. It was something that, it was uncharted territory. And it was something that I didn't, um, I didn't know if I was going to completely screw up all the other things that I had built. And I'm very glad that I did that. And I wish that I didn't feel so scared and um, intimidated, I suppose, to make that decision. Yeah, those, totally. were, <laughs> those were my three things. Hopefully they sounded <laughs> sort of concise. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so April, Yes. What is your message to the world? Okay. I think um, a message that I, I, I remember when I was, when I was in residence life, we listened to a Ted talk where a man was explaining that we need to kind of pick what our, like our thing is like, what do we like run our lives with? And so it sounds very like, ooh, hippy-dippy, I guess. But um, I picked kindness because I think that kindness is my, that, that is the thing that I think is the most powerful kind of force. Like there's that, I mean, maybe people have seen this meme recently or maybe even the actual interview where Keanu Reeves said that he doesn't want to live in a world where kindness is considered a um a weakness and because it's not and so um i think that like a message is that when we you know we're <laughs> like yes i like laughter i like making people smile i like making people feel not so alone about maybe um insecurities or whatever that they feel and hopefully that comes across in certain things that i share and make but um, I think that the ultimate point of all of the things that I like is that using kindness and maybe the other flip side of that is being vulnerable with other people and vulnerability, those really can help deepen relationships with others. It can help make people trust you, come to you, enjoy being around you because you make them feel like they can be who they are as mm -hmm. opposed to they can't um say this or you're gonna think x or y of them yeah. it's something that's hard sometimes to do to be vulnerable to embrace being kind to people even when they're not doing that to you mm -hmm. but it's very worthwhile and it will make you have a better outlook and day day-to-day -day basis on <laughs> in the grand scheme of things it's it just feels much better to be nice than to feel at odds in competition with any of those 
shitty things that make us feel like we're not enough. Yeah. <laughs> Love, it. Love it. Right on April. Well, thank you again. Thank this you. Fun. I'm glad that we did this. Me too. This, this was very fun. And <laughs> I, you know, I was thinking after I was explained, I, I said all my socials were post-March. I, if somebody doesn't realize that post, what, what my name means, um, post means after. So after March comes April. And that is my name. Oh! So, <laughs> that is why that oh. is called post-March. Um, <laughs> was just to explain to the folks if they want to know and to you <laughs> yeah i was wondering but i'm like i, I, I don't know no, that that is why and i was like hey i should i will say this just to just to round it out if we were curious it's supposed to be a fun riddle yay <laughs> mm, i love it i love it right on hey guys i just want to take a few moments and you know, I just want to thank you for listening. You know, I hope that you can share this with a friend, share this with a loved one, and maybe who needs to hear about the beauty of the perspective. And, you know, April, as you heard, went through lots of challenges and lots of struggles. And what I take away from that is that, you know, you can be in front of whatever size audience, it doesn't, big or small, and you can still have these anxieties. And when you get rejected, it's maybe not about you at all. And the perspective on that and the freedom that you get from realizing that, hey, maybe it's just politics. Maybe it's just something else. Maybe it's not me personally. I personally don't have to be offended by that. And I really liked how April broke it down and her perspective on it. And you know, it, she just keeps trying. So I hope you guys follow. Hope you guys enjoy. Um, if you like the music in this episode, there's a link for you in the show notes. So I hope you guys enjoy. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. <laughs>